أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All praise to Allah in all situations, in all conditions. This week we have seen an escalation in bloodletting. Hundreds of people being killed every day. There is no longer any even pretense or bother to lie about why civilians, hospitals, places of worship, or other completely unjustifiable targets are being targeted by the air and by the ground. We see pictures of the Umari Masjid in Gaza the oldest Jami' Masjid in Gaza being destroyed by the same media and by the same governments who will make a huge cry about the cultural artifacts of other peoples being destroyed, of the Romans, of the Greeks, of the Persians, of the Buddhists, of the Hindus, of idolaters, of pagans. This day, they are not only silent, rather they are cheering on and encouraging the destruction of not just the archaeological patrimony of the Muslims, but even inexplicably of the Christians themselves, without saying a word. Ground forces are going house to house, killing men on the spot. One of the strangest pictures I saw was of grown men, their bodies littered in the streets. The wounds were all gunshots to the back of the head. What is it in execution? And I saw on one of the shuhada, may Allah Ta'ala accept their shahada. A cat was sitting on his chest as if to guard him. There's nobody left from the humans to guard them anymore. Women are saying that they're going house to house telling men to come out and shooting the men on the spot. There was a big declaration by the Israeli occupation forces that we have captured Hamas fighters. What did they do? They handcuffed them, they stripped them down to their underwear. This is also a type of sexual abuse, by the way. Many of the allegations of sexual abuse against Hamas was what? Just that they caught people at a rave. They weren't wearing clothes to the rave and they were caught the way they were caught. 
This time they actually stripped them naked and handcuffed them and took them and took pictures in front of what seems to be a mass grave. And the Lord knows what happened afterward. People actually identified individuals in the pictures. Saying these people are not fighters. This is a reporter. This is a school teacher. It turns out that all of these people were civilians that were seeking refuge in a United Nations school. And from there, all of them were pulled out in order to be led to their deaths. I have hope that they didn't die. I have hope that the pictures came out in time in order to stop people. And it caused a furor in the international community. Because all I see is our Bosnian brothers and sisters immediately, immediately said, this is exactly the same thing that the Serbs did to us in Srebrenica when they promised us that if you surrender, we'll let you live. Now, the point of reciting all of these things is what? It's not only just to make people upset and make people sad. It's to illustrate one of many lessons that we can learn from this. Which is what? When somebody is a bully, when somebody has shown you in word and deed, time and time again, that their intention is nothing but evil and they will miss no opportunity in order to be evil to you. That you have no interest whatsoever in listening to anything they say except for as a lie. You have no interest in obeying anything that they tell you to do except for that you have knowledge that this is going to be something that harms you. They told them, go from the north to the south, they will be safe. Many people didn't go south. Why? Because they know they're liars. What ends up happening? Everybody is concentrated into the south. They bomb it. Then afterward, they say, leave from these places to the south to other places in the south to the point where they want 2 million people to concentrate in an area which is smaller than Heathrow Airport in London. Even there, they're killing people. Islam teaches us what? It teaches us good manners. It teaches us to believe people, not to have suspicion of people unnecessarily and unwarranted suspicion. It teaches us to be kind to people. It teaches us to give people the benefit of the doubt, but to a particular limit, not to make a fool out of yourself. When someone has shown you time and time again, everything they say is a lie. When somebody has shown you time and time again, they have no interest in your well-being. When they've shown you time and time again that they will spare no opportunity in order to harm you. Whether it be on a personal level, whether it be on a societal level, whether it be on a state level, on a county level, on a city level, on a political level, on an economic level, on a national level, on an international level, you are neither rewarded for believing them, nor are you expected to believe them, nor is it considered anything good in any way, shape, or form. Rather, these are tests that Allah Ta'ala always tested the believers with, that from the time of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, all the way until the day of judgment is established when the last person who knows the divine name, Allah Allah, leaves this world. Every person who says, La ilaha illallah will be tested. And that test will not be easy. Every person who preaches like myself, with great confidence about that test, every person will themselves be shaken to the core will themselves be broken to the point of doubting themselves, will be pushed to the point of doubting themselves. This is where the help of Allah Ta'ala comes, that if you persist and you perceive through the 
darkest hour that a person can go through, this is where the help of Allah Ta'ala comes. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gives you the permission to fight back on your behalf. He not only gives you the permission, He encourages you not just to fight back, to defend yourself, to defend your life, defend your deen, to defend your family, defend your wealth, and defend your honor. He glorifies it. And some people, their passing the test will be to stand and fight and be victorious. Some people, their test is going to stand and fight and to give their life for His sake. One of the highest maqamat, one of the highest maqamat, one of the highest stations and positions that a person can achieve in the test of this life is that a person should be a shaheed fi sabilillah, that they should be a martyr in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shaheed is of many types. The greatest is the one who fights and gives their life لِتَكُونَ كَلِمَةَ اللَّهِ هِيَ الْعُلْيَا that they fight and they give their life so that the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be made supreme. This is the right of every believer to attain and this is the mandate of every believer to desire. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that whoever asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincerity that he should give him the death of a shaheed, of a martyr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will write for him the reward of such a death even if they should die of old age in their bed. Without this, a person's iman is not complete. This is the thing that the Anbiya alayhimu salam made dua for. This is the thing that the Ashab Kiram radiallahu ta'ala anhum made dua for. They didn't used to run away from it. They didn't used to hide it. They didn't used to be ashamed of it. Much less dislike it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, much to the contrary, described a time in which the nations of the earth would come upon and fall upon the people of this ummah like hungry people fall upon a plate of food. And he says, indeed, verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away their fear of you from their hearts. And indeed, Allah ta'ala will cast into your own hearts weakness and fear. And what is the reason for this? They asked Ya Rasulullah. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Wahn. He said, what is Wahn? Wahn in Arabic linguistically means a type of complete like weakness. So what is this complete weakness that you're talking about, Ya O Messenger of Allah? Say, Hubbad dunya wa karahiyat al The love of this world and the hatred of death. Of course, nobody likes to die, but everyone knows that they're supposed to die at one point. And just like a sick person who knows there is a surgery that they can undergo that will remove the pain and make them well again. Just like a person should look forward to that, even though nobody likes the idea of getting cut with a knife. Just like that, every believer should look forward to dying in a state that Allah is pleased with them and that he should trade the life of this world with everlasting life and with ridwan min Allah, that he should be pleased with you. That he should tr- trade it for you, for a life of eternal bliss. The problem is that people have stopped thinking about this because of that, instead of defending themselves, instead of standing up for themselves, they've tried to reason with bullies. And a bully is not someone you reason with. 
A bully, if you give him an inch, he'll take another six inches. If you give him a dollar, he'll take another dollar from you. If you give him a day, he'll take a week from you. If you give him a little bit of you, he'll take all of you instead. This is the way it's been since the very beginning. So many examples of it. Just like the Israelis told them, you'll be safe, and they led them to an execution pit. Just like the Serbs, they said the same thing. I, we had a tour of Srebrenica. I visited Bosnia not even a year ago. Or maybe slightly more than a year ago. The brother who gave us the tour, he said, I was there during the entire thing. I told my people. He said, I had a pistol and I had a rifle. They took my rifle. The UN took my rifle away from me. They said, we'll defend you. He said, I know they were going to defend us. When the Serbs said, you surrender, we'll let you live. We'll give you safe passage. I knew they were going to kill every single one of us. He said, I told the people, don't listen to them. And we walked through the mountains and we dodged the snipers. We hid in trees, we hid in brush. He said, we could hide from the soldiers, we couldn't hide from the dogs. He said, I never was afraid of a soldier. Always the barking of dogs made me afraid. He said, even along the way, they would tell people, if you, if you surrender, they would send our own people from their prisoners and said, if you surrender right now, we'll let you live. He said, every single one of them, they killed them. If you reason with a bully, if you try to negotiate with the bully, what is going to end up happening? All you do is you make him more powerful. All you do is you encourage him more. Islam is not a violent religion. Islam is the religion which teaches us to be good to our neighbors, even if they're not a Muslim. Islam is the religion that teaches us to be good to one another, even if a person is a sinner. Islam is the religion that says, Rasulullah said, every single living thing, if you do something good for even an animal, even an insect, it will be counted as an act of charity with the Lord. If a bully tells you you're being violent for defending yourself and you're stupid enough to believe them, that's your fault. That's not anybody else's fault. Don't blame Allah for it. Don't blame the Prophet for it. Don't blame Islam for it. Don't blame anybody. Don't even blame the bully for it because you should have known better. Don't blame anyone except for yourself. And when the bully makes you afraid, yeah, you should be afraid. Bullies are some tough dudes. They can mess you up. They can even kill you. But at the same time, were the people who fought the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, the idolaters of Makkah Mukarramah, who showed up with armies three times, ten times the size of the armies of the Muslims, were they not bullies? They had no haq on their side whatsoever. All they had was might make right, and look, we showed up with might. The Battle of Uhud, is it a great victory touted as a great victory militarily, strategically? In the history of Islam? No, it's not. Although I think to characterize it as a defeat is also unnecessarily pessimistic, but it wasn't this great open victory. At maximum, you can say it was a draw that they prohibited the army of the Mushrikeen from sacking Medina itself. Rasulullah after the death in the Shahadat of the Muslims and the companions radiallahu anhum in Uhud. He told his companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum 
that the shuhada, those people whose lives were given, Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Sayyidina Mus'ab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and many others. We just visited the shuhada of Uhud, maybe two weeks ago. May Allah ta'ala be pleased with them and accept their sacrifice. He told his companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum, Abdullah, the father of Jabir bin Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, in a number of narrations, on a number of times, he told them. The narration with regards to Jabir is narrated by Baqi ibn Makhlad, by Tirmidhi, by Ibn Majah, that he asked him, why are you so sad? He says, my father left, he died in Uhud, he was a shaheed in Uhud, and then he left so much debt, and he left such a big family to take care of. He said, should I not tell you about the shuhada? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said that their souls are in green birds that go wherever they wish to in Jannah, that drink from the waters of Jannah. That your father, Abdullah, was honored to speak to Allah Ta'ala without a hijab between him, which is an honor no one else has been given before. And he was honored and asked, What would you like? And he says, Tell. I wish somebody was there to tell those who came behind what great honor that Allah Ta'ala bestowed us with. I wish I could go back and die for your sake once more. Allah Ta'ala told him, what? He says, this is something that I've decreed. Nobody, once they died, nobody goes back. He said, I wish that the people behind us could know what honor, what honor was given to us, what blessing was given to us, so that they don't be afraid, so that they don't be sad. So that they don't become tired. So that they don't become frazzled. So that they don't slacken. They don't become lazy. From going out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from facing the enemy, from facing the bullies, that do these things to the believers. What did Allah ta'ala say to him? He says, I, I will make your message reach. And this is the occasion of the revelation of the ayah. وَلَا تَحْسِبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتِ No, never, never, never think that those people who were killed in the path of Allah Ta'ala, that they're dead. بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ Nay, rather they're alive and they receive their provision with their Lord. This is your Islam, this is what your Islam tells you. The sad part is we forgot to remind one another of these things. Why? Because somebody is afraid, someone will say I'm violent, someone is afraid that this is going to not allow me to focus on my studies, someone said that this is not going to allow us to focus on our business, on our politics, it's going to look bad on the evening news. Brothers and sisters, the people who focused on these things, their businesses were bigger than your business. Their politics were bigger than your politics. The houses they lived in were nicer than the house that you live in. It makes sense in the dunya and it makes sense in the akhirah that a person should want and desire this thing and that a person should never roll over and submit in front of a bully. Who's the only one you submit in front of? Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. You can take a couple of minutes.